1: Anything going on in the world we need to talk about? There's a
2: US election currently still unfolding right now. Mm. We just had a Queensland
1: election and uh, it's interesting times in this sort of study of society, little group that we've got going here, there's plenty to talk about. This is the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove podcast. I, of course, and Trevor, aka the Iron Fist, with me as
2: always, Scott the Velvet Glove. G'day Trevor, g'day Paul, g'day Joe, g'day listeners. How are you all? We're all good. Paul, the 12th man.
0: Greetings, earthlings. Greetings, gentlemen.
3: Joe
1: and Joe, the tech guy. Evening, everyone. Right. So here we are. Well, uh, there's a US election unfolding before our eyes, and it looks like we're stuck waiting for more votes to come in to put us out of our misery, and Mm. we might be waiting quite a while on that. So, um, of course, we're going to talk about the US election, but I thought we might um, start with the Queensland election. And then move into the US one. So let's just do that. So if you're if you're wanting a US election, we'll get there eventually. But hell, we just had a Queensland election, which was important to us. And you might be uh, you might have been listening to the US election all day. and You need a little bit of a break before you get back into it. So Queensland election, uh, the result: uh, Anastasia Palace, otherwise known as Palace Chuk. Palace Chuk. Um, solid victory. The polls, not predicting how well she actually ended up doing. She actually did a bit better than what the polls predicted. And I thought that, well, I'm in two minds, because I thought with all of the sort of negative campaigning by the Murdoch press, who I'm obsessed with, Paul, um, and the negative campaigning by Clive Palmer, I thought that Queenslanders did well to sort of overcome all of that. But on the other hand, I thought, Maybe
2: she could have won by a lot more if that stuff hadn't have happened. We'll never know. So, You'll yeah. never know, but um, yeah. it was a solid victory. I mean, like, it was very surprising to see that uh, Labor picked up a seat in Caloundra, mm. which used to be Mark McArdle's seat. Now, he mm. used to be a leader of the Liberal Party? Yes. Yeah, he used oh, to be the oh, le- leader of the Liberal Party before it became the LNP. Right. And um, I gather Harvey Bay also s- changed hands, too now I was talking to my old man on Tuesday and he reckons that uh he's he's becoming more and more conservative as he gets older but mm. um he reckons that it's the it's a combination of the boomers and the younger people moving into Caloundra that made it slip made it change so Right. Yeah, he reckons that the... The boomers,
1: because they wanted their health protected. Yeah. Right, and they were grateful for what Palaszczuk had done to With keep the borders, borders closed. With the borders closed, yeah. Right, yeah, mm. yeah. So, anyway, um, good result for Labor on that score. It's interesting how the uh, we've got a lot... Of people, people seem to vote very differently depending on the circumstances, like solid Labor result, but in the federal election, um, Labor did poorly in mm. Queensland... Uh, But then in the Brisbane City Council election, Liberal does well. Like, people seem to be able to figure out what the different people are for the different...
0: Despite Queensland's newspapers being dominated by Murdoch, they actually have the capacity to choose for themselves, Trevor. Isn't that fucking amazing? It it, it is. They're not all the morons that you assume they are. Well, I'm not saying that they're morons, but but I'm
1: saying that they are under enormous uh, influence.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, but what I said earlier despite was, despite
0: all that enormous influence, they still vote the way they want to vote. Yeah,
1: but what I said uh, earlier was that maybe without <laughs> all that, it could have been a, le- a true landslide. So we'll never know. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I wasn't in the least bit surprised mm. by the outcome, to be honest. Yeah, it so, was exactly what I expected, mm. pretty much.
1: So we got a, um, the Greens did well. And, um,
2: yeah, I've got something to say about them too. Right? Okay, before you
1: <laughs> before you do, um, we got a clip from a listener. So um, earphones on, and uh, and this is um, from CLB saying how he felt after voting. Um, he's he's used the twelfth man as his confidant because he feels he usually uh, agrees most closely with the twelfth man, although of late he's finding himself agreeing with me. Uh, more likely anyway here is here's the clip
4: forgive me 12th man for I have sinned it's been forever since my last conscience vote for thirty years I've been a staunch liberal voter shaped by the union actions I witnessed in Queensland in the 80s and reinforced by the carriage of the country by our lord and savior John howard my faith has remained strong until now. I'd always believed that the right was the light and the way. But over the past year or so, I've started questioning my faith, rather Twelthy. The pushing of religious agendas at the federal and state level is growing unchecked. The addressing and rectification of real issues which affect our society have given way to the mythical beliefs of individuals being held as a higher priority. This has led me to my most recent sin. I'm sorry, talk man, but for the first time in my life, I succumbed to the lure of the underworld. And I'm ashamed to say in the Queensland state election, I I voted Labor. I know, I know. I was weak. But with the shit show that is the LNP at the moment and with Frecklington making gaff after gaff every time she opened a mouth, my faith could not endure. Sure, I could have thrown an independent a bone, but we all know how that turns out. I even considered the Greens. Well, I've lost my faith, not my fucking mind. So please, 12th man, I ask for guidance in restoring my faith in the lips. What can I do to make the right, right again? Is well, that the first confession
1: you've ever received, 12th man? Um, so, mm, I'd,
0: have, he wasn't, I'd he, have to think about that. But look, <laughs> CLP, I appreciate your um, yep. um, regard for my opinion, mm. but... I, I'm not a Liberal voter and never yeah. have been. I've never voted Liberal in my life. Yeah. and But, but I, I can sort of relate to the last election because mm. like CLP, I voted mm. Labor, mm. which I usually do, but mm. this time I felt really dirty mm. after I'd done it because I didn't want to vote for Palaszczuk and all the damage mm. she's inflicted on the I, state. I guess
1: he's confessed to you because he recognised you. voted under sufferance, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, did and, this and, time. Which is what he was doing. I certainly time. did this yes. time.
0: So CLP, yeah. yeah I'm, CLB, I'm, CLB I'm, isn't it? Yeah, CLB. Yeah. CLV, sorry. CLB yeah. or CLV? Yeah. CLB.
1: So, um,
0: Can't spell voter. Right. So Confessions of a r- Liberal r- voter should r- be CLV, shouldn't it? Uh, yeah. No,
1: I think that's... <laughs> Oh, I don't know if that's what CLB stands for. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know if it can anyway. stand for something else. So. You sent an, uh, a note saying that the Greens took a $100,000 donation. You yes. thought that was hypocritical?
0: Uh, not hypocritical oh. exactly, but interesting, I thought. Right. Um, because they took it from a professional
2: gambler. Mm. I thought the Greens were as pure as the driven snow.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And-
2: I don't think they're above taking donations, but. What they do say is that they don't take corporate donations. Okay. So they would take
0: it from a professional gambler but not from Crown Casino. Absolutely, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I guess the question is, uh, if, if you take it from a corporate donor, the risk is that you will help promote their corporate interest. And then if you're taking it from a professional gambler, um, how are you going to promote the professional gambler's interest? I guess if something came up, some law about banning pr- gambling or whatever, mm. then you're in a conflict. So, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I just, you know, I often get the feeling that the Greens mm. like to project a, um, an air of moral superiority all the time.
2: Mm. Absolutely, they do. You know, it's incredible. Mm. A- and we all know that
0: gambling, maybe not for this particular professional gambler because he or she seems quite successful, but, um, As we know, gambling uh, causes a lot of uh, harm on ordinary people who can't afford to gamble and Mm. and do it anyway, of course.
1: Yep, and they gamble away the family's money. And And all that. Yep, I agree. Hey, so one of the things was the scare by Clive Palmer over death taxes. And Mm. uh, I found this little bit of history on Crikey about death taxes. So the OECD average uh, inheritance tax is 15%. So Italy is one of the lowest uh, at 4%, while Japan has the highest at 55%. Wow. Yeah. Uh, When Australia abolished the inheritance tax in 1979, just 9% of deaths were liable for the tax. Most people paid 3% of their estate's value. Uh, Interestingly, there's evidence that dozens of those eligible for the death tax managed to cling on to life until the new year when the tax was no longer in force. There we go. That's good. (laughs) And the U.S. generally has an inheritance tax of 40%, though high thresholds means it affects just 0.2% of Americans. The first 11 million U.S. dollars left to heirs goes untaxed. And death taxes are making headlines in South Korea following the death of Samsung Chairman Lee Kun-hee. Inheritance tax in Korea is set at 50%, meaning Lee's family could owe billions. So, Mm, so while there was an inheritance scare or death tax scare, it's actually quite a common
2: thing in other countries. It's very common. We're one Mm. of the few jurisdictions in the world that doesn't have one. Mm.
0: So, do you guys think it's a good idea? I do, absolutely. But only Mm. on, like, super Super wealthy. For the super
2: wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't affect an average. I don't know where it should start. Mm. But it's got to start somewhere, and I think you should. Yeah. I think that what they ought to do is they ought to set a set an inheritance level and mm-hmm. say, if you inherit this amount of money, then that goes into your income tax return, and then anything above,
3: but whatever the super wealthy will have it in trust anyway. I
2: know they'll have it in trust. But that's why you got to get around the trust issue somehow. You've got to because trusts are set up so that they um, keep going until the. Is of Queen Victoria are all dead, which you think would be never happening. So you've got to be able to get around that. Now I don't know how you do that. I'm not a lawyer. There's got to be ways around a, it. A little bit of historical
0: background I can give you about Japan, and that is, I believe, and I may be wrong, but from 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 memory, it, it's a post World War thing, and it was done to 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 break up the uh, you know the clique of you know super wealthy elites that were mm. running the country and and to distribute some of the uh, large land holdings they had to the ordinary you know, mm-hmm. peasant farmers, mm-hmm. so to speak. So it seems to have worked very well in Japan, at least in that immediate post-war period. Mm-hmm. It certainly did equalise the wealth in, in the country to a great degree. And, of course, we know that uh, top executives in Japanese corporations don't have anywhere near the what would you say, the gap between their earnings yeah. and the average worker as we find in mm. a lot of other mm. developed democracies? Mm.
1: Scott, when uh, capital gains tax was brought in, mm. I, I was told that it will create almost a de facto death tax in a sense because death triggers a capital gains event in a lot of situations. All it
2: does is it triggers an acquisition of capital mm. gains tax. It does not trigger a disposal. Right. So, if it triggered a disposal, then you would have a pre-post CGT asset. Post CGT assets. That's no, yeah. exactly the same. It's just an acquisition. Right. So, if you've got a if you've got a pre CGT asset that you've got in there, and what's the word I'm looking for? If
1: but let's if say somebody dies, let's say somebody bought a property in 2000. Yeah. And it was originally 500,000 and now it's a million mm. and then they die mm-hmm. and they give it to their two kids
2: then their two yeah. kids inherit that yeah. and they take it over at the date of the death and they take it over at the inflated value right so that becomes the acquisition there right. is no disposal on death yeah okay mm. all right it's just a it's just an acquisition yeah okay I got that wrong um, so you sorry. want to say something? Well, if we just I don't want to leave um, the state election yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. You want to say something about the Greens? Yeah, Go I ahead. Yeah, do. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> what's his name? Tim Mander. Mm. On Saturday night, he was on the ABC panel. Mm. And Stephen Miles was also on the ABC panel. And Stephen Miles made mm. the point. He said, he says, well, all the LNP have done tonight is they have unseated one Labor candidate and they've replaced him with a Green because of their grubby preference deal. Yes. Tim Mander turned and looked rather incredulous at him and said, yes, we've done to you this time exactly what you did to us in Mayware three years ago. And I thought for the first time in my life, I actually had to agree with Tim Mander (laughs) because what the Labor Party did to the LNP in Mayware was they got there, they kicked out an LNP member and replaced him with a Green. Right. And the LNP did exactly the same thing to Labour in South Brisbane.
1: Right.
2: yeah. Now, I honestly believe it's time for the two of them to sit down like adults and cut all this nonsense out and preference each other rather than all the minions, uh, uh, the minor parties.
3: Right. Well, sh- surely the, the Greens are more aligned with Labour than with LNP. Yeah. yeah. They well, might be, but
2: you've well, got to, you've, if they want this to stop. Then they're going to have to start preferencing
1: why, each other. Why, why should they want it to stop? Like, yeah. I would have thought, from the Labor point of view, it, if I can green get a green is considerably in, considerably better than. Like if she wasn't able to form government and needed a coalition partner, then the mm. Greens would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I don't see that they would need. For them, it's an obvious ally. It's a problem for the Liberals because if they, through this sort of preferencing, get a green in. That doesn't help him at all because the Greens hardly likely to agree with them on anything. So, no, I
2: understand that, so, but it's just one of those things that I thought was very, very amusing that Stephen mm. Miles was calling the pot black. Mm. Yes, you know, it yeah, was he'd done very. The same thing. I agree. He was hypocritical. It was extremely hypocritical. Yes, mm. it was indeed. Yeah. So, but it's one of the few times I've ever agreed with Tim Mander. Mm.
0: Do you think Stephen Miles is um, lining up to be the
2: successor? I to think he's shape? going to try. It really wouldn't surprise me.
0: Is he Deputy Premier now? He's Deputy Premier still, I believe. I don't think they have He a- was acting, wasn't he, after... What's-her-name stepped
2: aside? Wasn't he? I after, don't know. After. No, he's, he's become Deputy Premier after Tracals. Jackie Trad stepped down. Yes.
0: Yeah. But, so when Jackie Trad stood down, Yeah, did he then become Deputy Premier?
2: I believe so, yeah. That I don't know. Did, did they have to go through a vote for that or not? I think it's just uh, pointed within the party, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't know. It's just
0: one of those things. I don't always-
1: saw him on ABC. I thought his performance was okay, but I not great. I thought it was very yeah. churlish, actually, the so, way he carried he, on. He was about that issue, yes. Yeah. But true. On that issue, he was. Like, big deal. So, um, that's true. Um. Actually, you know who was on there was that Amanda Stoker.
2: Yeah. And she, and she was incredibly turlist, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, but she's clever. She's a performer. I can see why her side likes her. Yeah. she's She was a good performer who could drop lines when needed and appeared confident and well-spoken, as much as I hate to say it because of the constituency she represents. But I thought she was... I could see why her side likes her, So mm. yeah a dangerous a dangerous one that Amanda State. keep an eye on her um, <laughs> We mentioned about clive palmer's um misleading advertising and how it was incredible they could get away with this and mm. one of the interviews I saw at the election night was with Wayne Swan, and the first thing he said was so, along the lines of we can't let this happen again with Clive Palmer like Sure as eggs, there are going to be um, some laws introduced to stop people doing what Clive Palmer did with that death tax scare. So, interestingly, in terms of the history of it, there was a Commonwealth... Under the Commonwealth Electoral Act, there was a law that basically prevented, you know, advertisements that are untrue and likely to be misleading or deceptive. So... Arguably, that could have been covered. Um, but mind you, that particular act in the Commonwealth sphere was repealed way back in 1984. So um, it was a law which didn't last very long, and they repealed it because they said um, while fair political advertising is a legitimate objective, it is not one properly to be sought through legislation. Political advertising involves intangibles, ideas, policies and images which cannot be subjected to a test of truth, comma, truth itself being inherently difficult to define. And that was in 1984. So... Um, Almost like all well-predicted. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just back in 1984, we had problems with truth being hard to define. So... Probably goes even further back than that. Yeah,
1: but anyway, they kind of washed it back then. There actually was a law to sort of catch the sort of thing that Palmer was doing in the Commonwealth. And there's a bunch of state laws which talk about, which seem to talk about this sort of thing. Um, so in New South Wales, it's an offence for a person to print electoral ads intended or likely to mislead uh, in relation to the casting of a vote. Tasmania has something similar, prohibits statements intended or likely to mislead in relation to the way of voting at the election. And Victoria uh, has something which prohibits advertisements which are misleading or deceptive of an elector in relation to the casting of a vote. So you would think, oh well, that's the same sort of thing, isn't it? One would have thought so. You would have thought so. But the court, a high court said in Evans and Crichton Brown that... Those words in relation to the casting of a vote really mean in relation to how you physically write your um, numbers on the card. So things that would mislead you about how to fill in the form rather than how you formed your opinion. So all those things are basically limited to misleading or deceptive statements about how to fill in your card rather than... You
3: mean like... um the purple LMP ones at the last federal yes, election. Yes, if
1: you were to have funny colours or, or writing things in Chinese that tell people you must put number one here, mm-hmm. otherwise this will happen to you. That sort of thing is banned. But things that lead to you um, actually reaching a conclusion about how you should vote are not, except for South Australia. So South Australia's got something which says... Um, where an electoral advertisement contains a statement purporting to be a statement of fact and the statement is inaccurate and misleading to a material extent uh can be guilty of an offence so um so i reckon they'll be doing something along these lines and i reckon that the um what what they're going to be doing is something that basically follows the trade practices act so um Ordinary corporations in the ordinary course of business are prohibited um, under Section 2 of the Trade Practices Act, which says a corporation shall not, in trade or commerce, engage in conduct that is misleading or deceptive. And there are cases decided every day of the week as to whether what some corporation has done is misleading or deceptive. And I reckon that's the sort of thing that they'll need for Clive Palmer, which will basically be... Was this intended to be misleading or deceptive? Um, Or was it misleading and deceptive? Forget about the intention. Um,
3: And saying she's lodged an official complaint to the ECQ. Who has? Anne Reid. Oh, okay. Good.
2: Anne Reid lodged one herself. I sent a complaint to the ECQ. I'll see what comes back. Very good. Well done, Anne. Thank hmm.
1: you. So I like that test because it's one that happens all the time in the corporate world of corporations cannot engage in conduct which is um, misleading or deceptive and courts are able to work that out um, um, through the system. So we could apply the same to
3: political parties. I'm impressed that he's mm. just got 0.6% of the vote mm. yeah. for all that money spent.
0: Yeah. so <laughs> he's, completely, he's
1: clearly
3: imploded, hasn't he? Mm. Any
0: yeah. idea how much he did spend this past election? Mm.
3: $8 million.
2: $8 million was what I heard. Mm. Small change to him, I suppose Mm.
1: Right, American election (laughs) Gentlemen, it's depressing
2: It's incredibly depressing I I was sort of expecting that Biden would win fairly comfortably And that we would have a result by now Mm. Clearly we don't have a result Although listening to Donald Trump, we do have a result But... You know, just on the ABC website now, uh eighty percent of the vote has been counted of the Electoral College. Trump has two hundred and thirteen, Biden has two hundred and thirty eight, so Biden is closer to the magic number of two hundred and seventy to win. Yeah, but,
1: but it all depends on these yeah. Exactly handful of electorates.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's the it's down to a handful of states. And um I could be stuffing it up here, but in Trump's speech and all that sort of stuff, he wanted the vote counting to cease immediately in Arizona, but he wanted it to keep going in those three Rust Belt states <laughs> that he won in 2016. Mm-hmm. So I just thought to myself, okay, even a incredibly stacked Supreme Court that they've got now won't be able to vote that way. You know? Um, it's... <sighs> I do not understand where this man is coming from, you know, he's... I mean, we've said it before, he's a narcissist and all that sort of thing, but he seems to have lost all grip on reality. When he was saying that, you know, the way he was saying his speech, he says, oh, look, I want to thank the millions and millions of people that have come out and voted for me, which is Mm -hmm. fine, But then he said, you know, we've got millions more votes to go and that sort of stuff. We're going to win. We're going to win. And he could still win legitimately. But then to say that it's already won and that they should stop vote vote counting now is bloody ridiculous.
1: His his latest tweet says, we are up big, but they are trying to steal the election. Mm. We will never let them do it. Votes cannot be cast after the polls are closed, exclamation mark. Of well, course, this comes with a warning from Twitter above it, saying some or all of the content shared in this tweet is disputed and might be misleading about an election or other civic process.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's... um, I, I don't understand where the hell he's coming from because they made this point on CNN, which I was watching well, since well, one o'clock today. They were saying that all these votes that are yet to be counted are... Already post, they've already been cast and all mm. that sort of thing. They're not cast after the ballots are closed. But he's just got it in his own thick head that if you're going to count after the ballots, after the ballot has closed, that the, that's the vote that's after the ballot, which well, is ridiculous. Well, he
1: just wants to whip up hysteria and the idea that. that if he loses, it's because it's been stolen through yeah. an undemocratic process. Yeah. So that's that's his whole thing. So. Um, um, and
3: also because they've uh, closed so many election sites mm. in the poorer areas, the poorer areas have had to um, pre-poll and postal vote, mm. and they don't want those counted.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, a whole bunch of skullduggery going on in the lead up.
0: So part, part of the problem is that in different states, they have different ways of actually distributing the eligibility for the vote and they have different ways of collecting and counting the votes is quite odd, isn't it? Coming from a country mm. like Australia, where we have a you know a unified national uh, and you know statutory system, which mm. is uh, at arm's length from the
3: government. Yeah, the, the AEC I think is kind of the envy of at least the US, if not many countries.
1: Mm. To give you an example of one thing that's going on there is. Um The Supreme Court refused to block a Republican-written Florida law that required people with felony convictions to pay financial debts before they can vote again. So, writing in dissent, Justice Sonia Sotomayor said the move would block people from voting simply because they are poor. Mm. An estimated 774,000 people in Florida can't
3: vote because they owe money. Hang on, Florida votes in... Mm. Uh, sorry, Trump votes in, votes in Florida, yes. and it, doesn't he have outstanding debts?
2: Well, these are felony convictions uh, debts that uh, relate uh, to fines and
1: that sort you of, of thing. If you've got a felony conviction to pay a financial debt, you in, can't
2: I vote. understand yeah. that you end up... I think this is right, that if you've been convicted and sentenced in Florida, that on release you get hit with a bill from the government for your time right. that you're in prison. Right. The other so, thing, the other thing they were doing, mm, um, you get billed absolutely. for your time in mm. prison. I think that's
1: the. I what
0: your time yeah. in prison was. You you paying your debt to society. Well, apparently that debt to society keeps following yeah. you.
1: <laughs> <There are laughs> a bunch of robocalls, the most evil of which were calls to uh, aimed at uh, African American communities, people, yeah. saying that careful, there's a danger of voting. Uh, by a postal vote, the authorities will use the information to serve you with uh, outstanding warrants um, and they'll use that data uh, and also for child support that you might be owing. So <laughs> so basically saying to people, if you use a postal vote, the authorities will know where you are and be able to chase you for these things.
0: So mm. truly evil <laughs> Yeah, look the minds behind this. Trump's statement on air uh, was was outrageous. I agree with you, Scott. He was he was basically saying the Democratic Party is trying to steal this election, and he also used the word dis- disenfranchising. He said he said all all these Republican voters who voted for him. Are being disenfranchised, which means they are having their legal right mm. to vote taken away from them, which mm. is absurd,
3: of Wh- course. Which is what mm. the Republicans are doing to mm. poor people.
0: Well, that's right. That's mm. right. He, you know, they are trying to disenfranchise poor people mm. and and possibly other people. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, he's using all kinds of inflammatory language, which mm. I, I was I wasn't surprised because it's it's really true to his form. Mm. But I was a bit shocked. Uh, on this very day, to mm. say something like that, because it's extremely um, incendiary. Incendiary, exactly. But that's the word. Can we be shocked anymore by what he says? Probably can, not. Can I we? don't think we can be. Shocked As I said, I, w- I wasn't surprised. States. Yeah. I just thought he might have a tiny, tiny little bit more decorum and mm. and and better judgment mm. <laughs> on this particularly crucial day. You mm. know, but apparently not
1: yeah, yeah so it looks like they're headed for weeks of court battles um over disputed yeah. votes but sure. look what i
0: think we can be confident Months of is is that Months, the yeah. um you know the the american system is not just trump you know and he doesn't get to order you know the judiciary or the um whatever electoral bodies are in charge, he doesn't get to order them around and tell them what to do. So, you know, he's, he's, he's saying a lot of incendiary things, but that's not to say that he's going to get his way on everything.
1: Yeah, but when he was first elected, that's what people said was, oh, don't worry, the systems are in place to control. The crazy president will we'll be fine. And, well... Already that Supreme Court that he has modelled has, uh, I think, Kavanaugh came out with a decision that was just outrageously wrong really? about um, some voter suppression law that he was mm. uh, doing. So he, so he's stacked his Supreme Court with mm-hmm. some shady characters who will who'll, yeah. who'll twist the law as much as they can to give a result that's good for Republicans. So, I dare say they will, mm-hmm.
0: state by state. Mm. But... We shouldn't assume that. Um, well, he, he he will just. Well, Trump was talking. Was going to wants. Supreme
2: Court, and that makes the appointment yeah. of Amy Clover, Amy Clover, what's her name? Amy Clover. Uh,
1: no, Amy Coney. Amy uh, Coney Amy Barrett, Barrett. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, that makes her appointment a lot more clear as to exactly why they rushed it through, because they wanted another Tory on their, co- on their
3: highest court. Mm. So and she, could- she worked on the uh, Bush appeal in Florida in 2004, was it? Mm, 2000. 2000. Yeah.
1: Mm. I was um, reading this article from The Guardian. So this um, Oliver Laughlin was travelling throughout America meeting voters. Great name, isn't it? Laughland. Laughland. Loughland, Yep. So uh, at a Republican rally just outside Youngstown, uh, it started as a casual political gathering. A bashed-up red Chevy pickup um, came along and Chucky Dennison, a former factory worker at a local General Motors plant uh, that closed last year, jumped out to parade the assembled crowd. 220,000 Americans have died under Trump and our jobs have gone, he shouted. And all we ask is for someone to represent all of us. In that crowd of Trump supporters were people who had worked at the same plant as Dennison, and others who had lost their jobs during the pandemic, and yet they still believed Trump would bring stability to their lives. He's probably paid, said one Trump supporter, dismissing Dennison, He'd been accosted by a number of the flag wavers. Within minutes, Dennison's signs were ripped from his truck and he was sent away in a whirlwind of abusive language. So... You can well imagine that scene playing out. Um, this whole thing of he's probably paid. It could be
0: true. That's what things. you say Is about uh, O'Neill and the rest of the crew. at Spiked. They're probably paid by Kosh.
1: Well, <laughs> O'Neill was paid by Kosh. No, he wasn't. Uh, spiked was paid by Kosh.
0: On one occasion. No. But, so they were paid. No, their particular um, events in the United States were underwritten by Kosh. they they received money from Kosh. Once. Okay, but they still
1: did. So when they said, he's probably paid, that could apply. Anyway, we'll move on from Spiked. Um, Another one about QAnon... um, Recent polling indicates that half of his supporters now believe in the QAnon conspiracy movement. Um,
2: See, that in itself, it just makes me wonder. See, once upon a time you could always say that Republican supporters were generally intelligent. But QAnon is clearly nonsense, Mm. you know, that you've got half of them believing that tripe, It just makes you really question the intelligence of the average Republican now.
1: Well, when you're bombarded by contaminated information. So Fennecart Miller was an organiser for the Democrats and she's very enthusiastic for Biden and she travels around the neighbourhood. This reporter went with her, but one encounter was chilling and this guy said, Joe Biden, he's trying to legalise pedophiles, Mm. said one young man. Uh, as he explained to Miller that he was already registered and voting for Trump, I asked where he got this information from. Every morning I get on my phone and watch different videos and stuff. You just put two and two together. So Miller says she's coming into contact with this sort of people
0: all the time. So I don't think we can assume that this sort of thing is only applicable to Republican Party supporters.
3: No, no. There are stupid hmm. people all over the shop. I, I think not yeah, you think it's, it's the just, amount of disinformation that's coming out Yeah but is yeah, there is a level of disinformation on the other side but it's it's not as egregious I would say it's not to the same extent
0: Maybe so but I don't think we can assume that the level the average level of intelligence oh, no, no. is any different you know People are very tribal in their political loyalties.
1: Um, well, one of the divides between the two parties is college education. I know. So. Have you? Uh, so. And, uh, you know, you've our, probably met
0: a lot of um, university educated people, Trevor. Were they so, all really, really smart? Uh, no. There you go. No, so, I, d- mm. I, I don't put a lot of store mm. in that sort of statistic anymore, mm. I have mm. to say, mm. because as we know in Australia too, mm. um, you know, entrance requirements for university have been mm. scaled down you know, mm-hmm. really a lot. So, mm. virtually mm. anybody can go to university or college these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, intelligence mm. is not necessarily the mm.
1: criteria. Mm. It's really where you're getting information from. Mm. And somebody with a college education probably exposed to a wider. Information source. Maybe, than somebody yes. who's not. I would suspect. Maybe. Maybe mm. not. Mm. If I had to bet, though, I I would go with them having exposure to more information. But yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, again, it's that misinformation that's going on in the system. So people are are living different realities. They they they've got different truths. Basically, these people honestly believe. Totally different scenarios, one group thinks trump is is a great president for the first time. a president has lived up and 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 lived up to his promises is what an, an extraordinary number of of Republican supporters will say another The other side will say bullshit hasn't lived up with any of them so and and you put these people on lie detectors and they'll pass
3: hmm. so they the, honestly so, believe it yeah.
1: Each side honestly believes their entirely different viewpoint. It's scary. So uh, we haven't reached that point yet, but we gradually follow the US. You don't think we have? No, I don't think we've reached it as extreme as the US has. We're about 10 years behind on most things. I think that's the case here as well. You think we have? I really don't know. I don't think we have as many QAnon supporters as there are in the States, for example.
3: Uh, I don't know. They're becoming more and more popular. Mm. Wasn't Scott Morrison's mm. wife's friend? Yeah, we've
1: done all that, but I still <laughs> just think in the general population. I'd like to think we're are still doing better. So, um, one of the things that people will say about Trump is that uh, he knows how to run the economy. Like, I guess that's the fallback position with Trump supporters would be he's good for the economy. And
3: like the LMP, yeah, jobs and growth,
1: yeah, exactly. So this is just again one of those myths, and the reason they'll say that is because of the stock market. Mm. Basically, look at the stock market, and well, a couple of things about that. Three things: the stock market boomed under Obama. Plus, an American economy is like a big oil tanker; like it takes a long time to actually, from the decision to start turning to port or starboard, for the thing to actually move, like. You don't rock up and say, in your first year of your presidency, I'm responsible, because there's a whole host of things underway. You can make all sorts of decisions that really aren't going to flow through for several years. So there's always a time lag. And the other thing is that um, just the economy is not – the stock market is not the economy. What goes on in the stock market uh, and what's good for the stock market is not necessarily good for the average Joe. So – um, typically, if a company finds a way of screwing its employees better, then their stock price will go up, but the lives of the employees will go down. Like, um, So the other thing is that a whopping 84% of all stocks owned by Americans belong to the wealthiest 10% of households. Uh, so um, roughly half of all households don't have a cent invested in stocks. Most have less than $5,000. So for these people who are just voting because he's good for the economy, code for the stock market, when they don't even own shares. Um,
0: but un- unemployment's also mm. down, isn't it?
1: Yes. Um, and I
0: think that's, that's a big factor in, but, the, mm, in the minds of voters. But what sort of un- jobs are un- they? I
3: own. was about to say, unemployment I don't know. Unemployment should really be counting a, a livable wage.
1: Mm. So
3: are you in a single job that earns mm. you a livable wage, not mm. are you employed for five hours a week?
1: mm and and unfortunately typically you've got to earn two jobs to make a decent living in America so the the caliber of job is often really poor
0: but it depends on what kind of work you're in when you mm-hmm. say you've got to have two jobs i don't think professionals have two jobs do they
1: uh professionals no but, but teaches- working class um Oh, um, teachers, possibly. Teachers, university no. mean, lecturers, yeah. Airline yeah. pilots. Yeah. yeah. yeah Have two yeah. jobs. Yeah. yeah, actually. So
0: they, they do a shift
3: flying a... And that's what they were saying was yeah. scary, was people were getting in a plane, mm. having just worked a shift doing another job because mm. airline pilots, it's such a cutthroat industry now that they're getting so low pay. Mm. It's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's extremely dangerous.
2: And you've got teachers actually work during their school holidays because mm. they either don't get paid or they get paid at a lower rate for being on school holidays. Mm. So you end up, you know, they go into, well, their summer holidays, you could have this situation that they, the teachers are having to serve their brat students who turn up to get ice cream and that sort of shit. <laughs>
0: mm. Mm. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. you know? Um, as, a, as a teacher, I was trying to imagine myself serving ice cream to my students in yeah, my holidays. but Yeah,
1: but and certainly... Um, true working class like your Walmart workers and mm. burger flippers and that sort of mm, people have, have to, to be two, two jobs, jobs yeah. just to pay the rent. Yeah. So um also just uh in terms of voting, um typically um well in twenty sixteen um it was about fifty six percent of the US voting age population actually voted in two thousand sixteen. Looks like it might be higher this time.
3: Yeah. But um yeah um, I did see an article that was saying I was complacent last time round. I voted for Obama. Mm. I thought it was in the bag for Hillary, so I didn't bother. Right.
1: There we go. So 56% last time. uh, In the OECD, the percentages of the population that vote, um, that places the US 26 out of 32 countries. So so their participation rate uh, in their democracy is one of the worst in the OECD. So... Uh, jesus christ
2: switzerland's quite low isn't
1: um, it um okay i'll look at some of those so um who is a who's above um the united states estonia ireland slovakia spain portugal canada greece uk czech republic italy even Mexico's higher but they seem to have maybe some laws that force you to vote france austria germany norway hungary finland New Zealand, Israel, Netherlands, South Korea. Australia is fourth from the top. Then there's Denmark, Sweden and Belgium. So that's in terms of voter participation. Um, Other thing is, let's talk about age. So um, these are the two oldest presidential candidates in history. Joe Biden is 77 and Trump is 74. Now...
2: He'll be 78. If he wins the election, he'll be 78 when he gets inaugurated.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was listening to a Sam Harris podcast and he was saying, you know, all terrible things about Trump, but he had to admit the one thing positive you could say about Trump is at 74, the man has got energy. Could you imagine at 74 being able to to run the schedule of rallies that that guy does? Mm. I guess during the normal working week, he's just eating pizzas in his room, watching Fox, twittering
3: allegedly amphetamines, handfuls of.
1: Okay. But still, it's quite—you know—it is his energy levels for his self-promotion. Uh, you know, he's not working nearly as hard as a president should at presidential stuff. But still, for seventy-four, he's doing okay. So you've got to give him a bit of a tick for his um, for that. But um, but anyway, um, there is an age limit in terms of being president. So. You don't like um, AOC, do you, Paul, from memory? You're not a fan of... I I
0: don't like her uh, ideological orientation is what I don't like. She's Mm. she's woke.
1: Right. Thoroughly woke. Mm. So uh, I quite like her, but I've mentioned that before. So she's 31, so she couldn't have run as a candidate in the previous sort of primaries, if you like. But in um, the next election, uh, she'll be... 34 during the campaigning and will turn 35 by election day. So you need to be 35 by inauguration day to be president of the United States. So so there's a chance for AOC at the next election to run. Um,
2: Do you think she's going to have any better chance of knocking off the Republicans? Because, you know, the Republicans threw a hell of a lot of the S word at... Um, Biden. Now, none of it stuck. The S well, word. Socialist. socialist. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah you yeah. can't be sure yeah. that none of it right. stuck. Well, a lot of it did stick to get the number of Republican votes. But, you know, he's not a socialist. AOC looks and sounds like a socialist. Yes. she's more. Well, she loves Bernie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But this is what
1: makes me laugh about when I see people talking about, oh, I can't have the Democrats in the Joe Biden. Can't let the socialists in. Like, for goodness sake, Joe Biden is so right-wing.
0: Right-wing?
1: In his... Yes. Joe in his, Biden. Like, in his, politi- his politics. He's, there's, there's nothing leftish about Joe Biden at all. So, I the, the scare campaign about the Democrats and socialism with Joe Biden in charge?
2: It was laughable, wasn't it? It,
1: it is laughable. Like... He's so conservative and just um, uh, the, the idea that he would introduce a modicum of socialism is just crazy. So well,
3: even Obama was mm. relatively um, conservative. Exactly. Yeah, he had
1: Goldman Sachs guys running um, his programs for monetary and things. he bailed
0: them out mm.
2: in the GFC. Yeah. Yeah. So well, um, I think Bush started the bailouts more so than what Obama did. Obama kept them going. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what was very disappointing to me was that none of those bastards saw the inside of a prison cell and they were all paid out bonuses and all that sort of shit and they were paid out using taxpayer money.
1: Yeah. Um, So the other thing is, just on the Supreme Court, we mentioned them before. Uh, Did you know, dear listener, that we've just had two new Australian High Court judges appointed
2: Yeah, there's a woman and there's a bloke, isn't there? Well,
1: you've done well. Without (laughs) looking at the screen, can you name them?
2: (laughs) The woman is the daughter of the former Chief Justice of the High Court, and I can't remember her surname.
1: Jacqueline Gleeson. That's it. And Simon Stewart is the other guy, uh, replacing Virginia Bell and Jeffrey Nettle, and we could rattle off the ins and outs of a number of US Supreme Court judges and we would know nothing about Australian High Court judges.
3: Because yeah. they're not involved in...
1: Bill of Rights was, type decisions. Exactly. Yep. Dry old legal arguments. Which is why
0: we don't want a Bill of Rights. Right? The, only,
1: the only time we paid any attention to them was when they were dealing with sort of Section 44 matters about whether politicians would be um, disqualified from acting because they had dual citizenship, remember that? That was about the only time we paid attention to the High Court. Uh, So so that's one of the reasons. I was listening to a Sam Harris podcast and he said he had a bit of a revelation trying to explain why people like Trump. He just couldn't get why so many people like Trump. And um, basically the revelation he had was that Trump is shameless but he never pretends to be more moral than anyone else. He doesn't shame other people for their poor morals. So he's the opposite of Clinton's sort of basket of deplorables. Um, so he's not telling potential supporters that they are bad people. So-
0: That's an interesting comment. In, mm. f- in fact, he treats everybody like that, doesn't he? He, he, he treats every interaction... Whether it's with a voter or the leader of a foreign country, as a negotiation, sort of, you yes. know, and he assumes that they play by the same rules as he plays, and and that effectively, if you can get away with it, get away with it, and exactly. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's all yeah. about what you can get away with. Yes, yes, and and he assumes everybody plays it the same as he as yeah. he does, and and so you're right. He doesn't sort of draw moral. Uh, ju- you know, cast moral dispersions at other people yes. because he assumes everybody is as corrupt as he is. So it's easy to imagine
1: the poor working class in the Rust Belt who are told that they're deplorables yes. and that they're racist yes. and, um, you know, other terms like that by the Democrats is what they would perceive, yeah. and that here's a guy who's basically never criticising them along those lines. So yeah it. So he part says of it like appeal. it is, is mm. the...
3: And that was yeah. Pauline Hanson's drawcard. Yeah.
0: Yes. And maybe it's a it's, partial it's, explanation why the Greens have never really got past around 10%. Yeah, is because it's because they're so moralising about everything. They're
1: criticising people. Yeah. People don't like being criticised. Well, they look down on people. So, so the Trump supporters are not feeling like they're criticised by Trump.
0: That's an interesting observation. It isn't is, isn't it? it? Yeah. Hmm.
1: Something to that. So um, so i had always put it down to uh, race. Oh, what were the four R's I had? Um,
0: race, race, redneck, religion. religion.
1: Rust belt. And now we'll add respect because um, these people feel disrespected by... Um, uh, Moralising Democrats. Indeed. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, and I think there was a bit of that with the... Labor Party and the recent federal election where the coal workers Mm -hmm. were really Mm -hmm. told, well, you are doing a dirty, rotten job that you just shouldn't be doing and Mm. we're going to get rid of you without really empathising with their position. And the UK Mm. and Brexit. Mm. Mm. Everyone
3: who voted Leave was a racist. That's Mm. right. Mm. Yes, that was interesting. Mm. They couldn't possibly have valid points Mm. that they were worried about European... um, Parliament overreach. Mm. It must be just because they were racist.
1: Yeah, yeah. So maybe people are just voting for people who don't insult them.
3: Like, yeah, quite so, possibly. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a valid call.
1: Mm. Mm. So, um, so that was uh, Sam Harris. Um, let me just see what else I've got here. Uh, okay. Now, yeah, just sort of. Now, anybody want to have anything else specifically on the U.S. election at all?
0: Polls. Yes. Just. Um, I yeah. I heard of. A, an American guy make a funny joke. Well, I thought it was funny. He was being interviewed by one of our ABC correspondents and was asked about the polls, and he said, he said, uh, do you know, you, ca- you can't actually average out polls. He didn't. He said he didn't trust polls, and and the ABC reporter said, yeah, but, you know, on average, the polls seem to indicate a Biden victory, you know, and he mm-hmm. said... Averaging the polls is like averaging champagne, Coca-Cola and turpentine. (laughs) I thought it was quite fun. Yeah.
2: Well, the vote hasn't changed. Biden's still at 2.38, Trump's at 2.13 and there's still 87 in doubt. And the
3: people who were saying, oh, but that's the ABC, uh, Al Jazeera as well, who are fairly independent or a Quoting the same numbers. And these were predicted. These were the states that they knew he was likely to win.
1: Right. Because that m- meaning Biden has won just the states he was
3: No, no, know. no. So uh they were saying that at nine AM ABC was predicting that Biden had two oh three electoral college mm. votes. Right. And yep. that was just going we know that California and New York yes. will vote for right. him and yeah. therefore that he has already almost certainly won this number of seats. And, yeah.
0: But yeah. but it has gone up a little bit since then. Oh, yeah, it has. With a few states that they weren't sure of, yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: You know, I, I go back to one of the things I said to Mrs. Fist when I first arrived, is mm. that Trump could legitimately win this. Mm. Now, mm. I do not understand, because he's looking at exactly the same numbers we all are, how the hell he can come to the conclusion that it's all over the Republicans have won. But he doesn't have to honestly hold that
1: belief. No, he has other perp When he says things, it's not because he it's believes a, them. It's a strategy. It's it's a setting up of a situation so that his supporters will be outraged, and he will be able to down the track um, expand on his view that he was robbed yep. if he ends up losing.
2: So, what's he? He wants them to riot in the street, does he?
1: Uh, if necessary, that would. If it helps Donald Trump down the track yep. and he pulls the trigger for a riot, yes. So. Okay. Um, I totally agree. Also, in his post. If he loses and his post presidential career,
2: do you know what that's going to be? It's apparently a television.
1: A televangelist. Yeah. Yeah. Televangelist? Mm. So apparently he. He changed his religious affiliation from to pres- from Presbyterian to, to sort of, non
2: denominational Christian. Yeah, where did you where did we hear that? I heard that on podcasts I listened yeah, to. Yeah, was it
1: seven a.m. or something like that? It might have been
2: was seven a.m. Seven a.m. said it, but um, that's the Australian one that said it. But the Americans ones that I listened to all said it. Yeah, too. so
0: is this is a joke. Trailer? No,
2: no, no. This is dead set.
1: <laughs> Seriously.
0: In his, well, no, I mean well, the the plan to become a televangelist. Y- y- yes. Well, what do televangelists do? They make a lot of money for For spouting bullshit. They they appeal to a broad group of people and
1: ask for
2: tithings. (laughs) And that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to set himself up to get his tithings from all these people. He's going to go out there and preach the prosperity gospel, and he's going to use every cent that he collects to pay off his own debt. And he loves rallies. And And, and loves it being the center of attention. Exactly. And so... Also, this sort of
1: "we won," I declared victory, and then we were—it was taken away from us. We were robbed—is all part of feeding that sort of post-presidential career <laughs> as well. So, I—I I definitely. That's if that, New
3: York don't get him. Yeah,
1: as New York doesn't get him, as in um, criminal charges, right? I will tax
3: evasion. That's why something. he needs as
1: many as much typing as he can get. <laughs> so he's clearly going to be in the courts a lot, fighting state battles. So
0: for sure, yeah, it's going to I be wouldn't be at all surprised rooms. if he wins. So. Honestly The way no, I mean no, I was watching good. The yeah. Watching the The, the telecast this, You know Most of the day As I told you And mm. You know As as the Numbers came in On the states That were Predictable mm. I thought My god He's gonna win The damn thing mm. You know He really Because the states That are left hanging That mm. will decide The election yep. He has a Probably at least An even chance Of winning them
1: Yeah Well the Democrats are apparently confident because they feel that their pre-polls are going to get them over the mm. line. But and, you and just can't not. trust any of this. You can't trust any of this stuff anymore. You have no, no well, that's idea. That's why
2: he's going to the Supreme mm. Court saying we've got to stop counting, mm-hmm. You know, which mm-hmm. means if you rely on the results that you've got now, then mm-hmm. you ignore all those mm-hmm. pre-polls, then he would win in a landslide. But, but mm-hmm. as you said, Scott, he, he may well win it legitimately. Absolutely. He may well win it legitimately.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to divert a little bit, but it'll tie in still with Trump. Believe it or not, it's about it's about George Orwell's review of Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf, and it will work its way back into a Trump sort of um, segue. So, I've got a link here. Um, so George Orwell um, did a lot of book reviews and other stuff in his lifetime. So. This is back in 1940, George Orwell was writing uh, a book review on Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. There's a YouTube clip about this as well, so there's a link here. And thanks to my friend Peter who tipped me off about this. So, um, okay, just dealing with one section first of all. This is Orwell writing about um, Hitler. It is easy to say that at one stage of his career he was financed by the heavy industrialists who saw in him the man who would smash the socialists and communists. They would not have backed him, however, if he had not talked a great movement into existence already. Again, the situation in Germany with its 7 million unemployed was obviously favorable for demagogues, but Hitler could not have succeeded against his many rivals if he had not been for the attraction of his own personality which one can feel even in the clumsy writing of Mein Kampf, which is no doubt overwhelming when one hears his speeches. The first part of that is, wouldn't we that argument about whether the Nazis were socialists or, or not? So there's Orwell back in 1940 making the case that, um, that the industrialists were backing Hitler in order to smash the socialists. So that was that part. Um, Here's the other interesting part is, also he has grasped the falsity of the hedonistic attitude to life. Nearly all Western thought since the last war, certainly all progressive thought, has assumed tacitly that human beings desire nothing beyond ease, security and avoidance of pain. In such a view of life, there is no room, for instance, for patriotism and the military virtues. The socialist who finds his children playing with soldiers is usually upset, but he is never able to think of a substitute for the tin soldiers. Hitler knows that human beings don't only want comfort, safety, short working hours, hygiene, birth control and in general common sense. They also, at least intermittently, want struggle and self-sacrifice, not to mention drums, flags and loyalty parades. However, they may be as economic theories, fascism and Nazism are psychologically far sounder than any hedonistic conception of life. Uh, it goes on, but basically like, um, Cameron Riley was in the chat room before and Cameron, if you're there, sing out, but Cameron often says that, you know, all people want in life is just food in their belly, a roof over their head, some warm clothing and just a peaceful, easy life and and just to be left alone and and um, have sex and propagate and just whatever. But Orwell's making the point that actually at some point people want a bit of a mission... To some extent, Um,
3: I would agree with that.
1: mm. So, um, so I thought that was interesting. I hadn't really heard that before. At some, at least intermittently, people want struggle and self sacrifice. Not to mention drums, flags, and loyalty parades. Do the Trump supporters? want a bit of struggle and self-sacrifice or uh, are they, they want a purpose or they want a um, they want a rally behind something, even if they're going to be giving something up for a little bit. Did, did, you ever,
3: did you ever see the um, answer to, it was on, I think, Quora, one of those, which was why do evangelists try and go out and convert people? Right. And it was all about they're not trying to convert people, they're not being sent out to convert people. They're being sent out to preach to people so that they get picked on and they come back to their tribe with a sense of persecution.
1: Oh, okay, right. And,
3: and so this idea of struggle right. is is very much a we are the underdogs fighting mm. against our oppressors. Mm. And so I think this could well be mm. this is how you...
1: Is it could be a bit of a martyrdom complex yeah. with the Trump supporters as in everybody hates us and thinks we're... Rednecks. Rednecks. and But we've got a tribe here and we'll stand up and be counted and stuff them. I don't know. Could well, something in that that, that mm. was
3: very much mm. the I like Trump, he speaks his mm. mind. He's, you know, mm. sticking his finger up to the the mm. establishment.
1: It's a masturbation complex. It is. before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that was Orwell uh, writing about the Nazis, something in that, I think. Um, and I can see that a little bit with... Um, just with the uh, Noosa Temple of Satan and as opposed to atheism or secularism, like atheism and secularism is like just, it's sort of a, uh, we don't believe in anything, just leave us alone sort of movement. Whereas the Satanists have got a bit of a rallying cry about about rebellion, if you like. it's It's got something more to hold people in as a sort of, I sense it's actually gathering people in more than these other movements are because it's something positive to rally around uh-huh. rather than something negative to rally around. So, and part of Biden's problem was his whole stick for the campaign has been vote for me because I'm not Trump. Mm. Whereas Trump has been more positive America's going great and stick with me and we'll be even greater.
3: And naturally, human beings
1: are inclined to a positive story.
3: It won't for Tony Abbott because Tony Abbott, do you remember anything positive coming out of him? Uh, I mean, he was known as Dr No because he just negated everything that Labor said. Yes, he said uh, that's
1: true, but he wasn't saying... Did, but he did, did. he offer alternatives, though? I don't know. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. So he's certainly negative, but he was offering alternatives, but they were the negative of what, whatever Possibly. it was. Whereas Biden hasn't really offered alternatives. He's just said, "I'm not Trump," without really getting into the woods of what he actually is. I think Abbott actually said things like, "I'll stop the boats," or you know, the opposite of whatever yeah. the, the Liberals were vocalising at the time i think something to rally around
0: and maybe in this u.s election just saying i'm not trump is just not enough to sway enough voters it could be that you know i mean Mm. i think most of us agree a lot Mm. of people voted for trump simply because he wasn't hillary clinton Mm. so it may well be that there are still enough voters that identify biden with the democratic party and with clinton and all the people they despise. The establishment. Yeah, all the mm. people they despise. Mm. And just not being Trump is just not enough. Yeah,
1: well, and in the Labor Party, federally, with JobKeeper, they've put the word on Albanese to say, well, what do you think the JobKeeper rate should be? And he says, oh, I'm not saying, I want to give the government room to move and not be influenced by us.
0: Like, what this sort, sort of opposition cra- I know. leader is he? This is
1: complete crap.
3: Jesus. I want to give them room to move. In other words, I haven't seen the opinion polls yet. Yeah. Just
1: please, Labor Party federally, get somebody else, Albanese, is, is hopeless mm, You have to It's
0: not up to the task at all no, is it
1: Just standing aside And letting them do whatever they mm. like Is not working
0: And being a nice guy We mm. we keep being told mm. he's, he's a lovely guy mm. Albo He's a lovely guy he's Yeah a, he
2: might well be a lovely guy mm. But but you it's just not enough It's is not it? enough oh. you, you know, You've got to have a fair amount of Bluster And not bluster you got to be you know, You've got to be ballsy Don't you mm. And you've got to use that And you've got to be quite prepared To punch them in the face when they need it. Mm. Sounds a bit chauvinistic. I know, and that's why I was <laughs> groping for a different word, but I couldn't find one. Okay. I
3: don't know. I don't think Maggie was averse to that. Mm.
1: <laughs> mm. Right. We're going to move on to a bunch of different topics now. We've we've done Queensland election, done US election, a bunch of other things, unless you got... Chip in if you want to go back to that. But anyway, I saw a thing by... Um, David about David Littleprout, so um, Cabinet Minister, no less, and it was to do with the banks. So international banking regulators have been warning banks to consider um, their exposure to fossil fuels and businesses that are involved in the fossil fuel industry, basically saying, um, you banks, you need to have a look at what companies you've got and loans you've made to businesses in the fossil fuel industry because clearly the tide is turning against the fossil fuel industry. And um, so, um, and the Australian Prudential Authority has told the banks they must report their exposures. But, um, What Little Proud said is that the nationals will review every policy lever at the federal government's disposal, including the availability of deposit guarantees to protect Australian farmers from these sorts of arbitrary boardroom ideological agendas. Essentially saying, if the banks decide that they're going to move away from supporting fossil fuel industries, as has been recommended by prudential authorities... Then um, the government will look at pulling away the government's guarantee of bank deposits.
2: Anybody else find that really bad? Yeah, it was, you know, he said that this, what he, say, he says is to protect Australian farmers from these sorts of arbitrary boardroom ideolo- ideological agendas. Mm. I don't know when farmers started
3: making all their money out of fossil fuels,
2: mm. you know?
3: Mm. I, and. I think it's not ideological. I think the writing is on the wall for fossil fuels. Uh, and and if you look at the major fossil fuel companies, they're divesting. Mm. They're desperately trying to get out. Mm.
0: But why is the Prudential Regulatory Authority telling the banks who they should and shouldn't invest? Well, I, I think they're
3: saying that um, that this is a liability and you should be telling your investors this. Mm.
0: It's Isn't it's, it their decision to make what is a liability? and No, a Prudential Authority...
1: Um, gives advice about risk and says you need to take into account a pandemic risk. Look at your books and what businesses do you have that are subject to a pandemic risk, for example. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what prudential authorities say is uh, it's, it's about risk management. So that's how that came about, yeah. Um,
2: it's really quite disturbing that, What was his name? Little Proud would actually Mm. bother saying something like this. Yeah, so... You know, it's... um, Clearly he's clueless, because I honestly thought what APRA was actually asking the banks to do was quite reasonable. Yeah, and he's saying,
1: well, we're going to look at taking deposit guarantees away from you if you do that. Exactly, which is a load of
0: nonsense. Unbelievable.
1: Barry Jones was a former cabinet member in the Hawke government.
2: Yeah, he was probably Walmart. the most intelligent... Very intelligent man. Minister for science, I believe, mm. wasn't he? Uh, no, he was minister for yeah, a lot more than science. he been. was He was mm. science minister, definitely, but I think he was mm. also minister for other things as well after mm. that. He's written a
1: book, anyway, as part of this article where they were interviewing him. Uh, he was quite damning about Australia's major political parties. He said, if you're going to rename the parties, you might rename the Liberal Party as the Self-Interest Party... The National Party um, could become the Coal Party and the Labor Party could be named the Tepid Party. (laughs) Um, He says... um, He lashed Anthony Albanese and Bill Shorten. He says, Labor lacks boldness and conviction, the capacity to develop detailed policy and the ability to argue convincingly and persuade voters. I agree with that entirely. These guys have lost the ability to tell a story. So... Um,
0: I saw a thing on Tanya Plibersek's hmm. Facebook page where she posted a, an article about the Pope with his recent announcement about accepting civil unions for gay people and things like that. And Tanya Plibersek wrote, I love this Pope. Right. And I wrote a, I, I wrote her a little message saying, really? Hmm. You know, and I, I won't go into the details of why I disagreed with her. But I said, hmm. Tanya the voters of Australia are watching you Mm. and if you, you know, proclaim love for this man who presides over this corrupt, Mm. archaic institution, then I think the voters uh, expect better judgment from you than that.
1: Mm. Yeah. So he says uh, Scott Morrison is essentially a salesman and at the last election he was essentially selling a single product, short-term self-interest, and he said, many current MPs simply don't know how to frame a debate. They receive a set of dot points and then repeat, 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 and they don't listen to the alternative arguments. So I think that's a good summary of uh, the current state of play. What else have I got here? Patrons, thanks to Greg for a recent PayPal donation. Um, so, Paul, you said, I'm obsessed with Murdoch, but that petition by...
0: Um, petition, Kevin.
1: By Kevin Rudd has reached five hundred mm-hmm. thousand. It's a good number. So that's a lot of people.
0: That doesn't mean you're not obsessed by yeah, Murdoch. I, well, that's true. So, so,
1: so look, what I said I'm obsessed. I admit so, so to it. I admitted? So, I, so are four hundred
3: ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine yeah. other people. I, I'm saying I'm obsessed, but
1: I'm saying with good reason. <laughs> okay. So, so you know, if the fo- if if the house is on fire and I'm obsessed with getting out quickly, that's with good reason. You know, so obsession yeah. can be justified if. Not sure about if, your analogy, if it's, but yes. Well, if, 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 the important, if the topic is important, I guess. So, yes. There we go. I mean, I'm obsessed
0: with this podcast. <laughs> that's <laughs> not a bad thing. No, it's if, if one of the few good yeah, things you're obsessed
6: you with. You? If,
3: if a foreign owner has undue influence in Australian mm. politics, mm. shouldn't we be concerned? Mm. He's an American. Possibly.
0: Yeah. Yes. But we know okay. he's, he's, an, uh, he's an Aussie underneath that uh, American so, uh, acquired so he's, so, America. so he's got our best interests at heart. <laughs> Not necessarily, mm. but he is still an Aussie. Mm. Um, okay, where was I up
1: to? Um, now, prayers. So, prayers in the Brisbane City Council, like lots of councils, uh, the meetings start with a prayer, and there was a challenge to that. More petitions, Paul? and counter-petitions, and basically they've come back and said, as the reading of a prayer is a long-standing tradition in all levels of government in Australia, this practice will continue to be followed during council meetings. Sounds so So, right. Hang on.
3: Uh, As slavery was a long-term tradition... Mm. Hasn't continued, though.
1: So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Um,
2: It really was a very pitiful response, wasn't it? Mm. You know? Yeah.
1: Well,
3: we don't care that it's wrong. We've been doing it forever and we're going to carry on doing it. Indeed. Exactly.
2: Indeed.
1: But um, I've been looking at the uh, Queensland Anti-Discrimination Act mm. and I think it's time for some satanic action mm. by our good friend Robin at the Noosa Temple of Satan. So... Um, you mean Brother yes, Samael. Uh, indeed, I do. So... Um, What it says in section one hundred and one is a person who performs any function or exercises any power under state law must not discriminate in the performance of the function. So, prison city council is set up under an act of our state parliament, as are all councils, local government act. So, uh, so it's an exercise of power under state law, and running a meeting would be the performance of the function. I think the fact that they have a Christian prayer at the beginning um, uh, is a discrimination against those people who can't participate in a Christian prayer because of their religious belief, where they're forced to either stay outside or do something else while that's going on. So I think there's a potential case to run there for the Noosa Temple of Satan. Christian prayers. Let's hope they Mm. grab it with both hands. I think that's what's going to happen. So look out for that one with um, prayers in Parliament relying on that particular act. So
3: Daniel's just pointing out that uh, Shoalhaven City Council in New South Wales have voted to impose a Christian-only prayer. Right. Which surely falls foul of Section 116.
2: Well, Shoalhaven is... Uh, Oh, is
3: it Queensland? No, 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 New South Wales. New
2: South Wales. Well, then that would... I don't know what laws they operate under in New South Wales, but mm. uh, this is a particular Queensland act that uh, mm. Trevor's talking about.
1: Yeah. Don't know about um, what happened in the other states. But anyway, we're going to give that a run in Queensland, see how we go with that. So um, so stay tuned on that one. Um, so Rob, have we talked about Robin's Black Mass? We
2: did because that went quite well. We haven't talked oh. about it. No, because no, no, that was Friday. last Friday.
3: Right. Uh, they they got a peak of one hundred and eighty viewers from what I saw,
2: right?
1: So it was excellent singing on that. It um, really was two yeah. songs that.
0: What did they sing?
1: I can't tell you what they were, but they had well sung. Kumbaya. Oh, no, it was a sort of a very moody sort of thing. So it's good. Yeah. Um, there were some protesters outside. Christian ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a Catholic priest and his and some people with a cross, and they were
2: just. Praying
1: silently, splashing you know,
0: like, holy water around. a hope. I don't know about that. They might have been. Yeah,
2: they so. apparently had crossed the border illegally. They had come up from New South Wales, apparently. Don't
1: know. They're from a church that's in New South Wales. I don't know whether they crossed illegally or not. Okay. So who, it's actually legal knows. now. Um, well, I mean, it's legal no, now. It wasn't New legal. South. They are from it. Sydney.
0: Oh, from Sydney is yeah. not legal, no. Sydney yeah. is still uh, off-limits, isn't
2: yeah. it? Yeah, So uh, they may have paid for a fortnight in isolation up here to, yeah. you know... Um,
3: that read, shows commitment. Reading yeah. the exactly. story, they said we left at 2.30 to arrive there at 6 and traffic yeah. was heavy. Yeah, so they, I think they, they left from Brisbane, Brisbane.
1: but whether, how they got to Brisbane in the right, first okay. place, we don't know. So, um, um and, uh, yeah, I'll leave all that other stuff out, so... Um. Um. So that's him. Oh, completely different now. Um. Yeah, voluntary sister dying is going to be on the agenda. Mm-hmm. So Palaszczuk has said that she's going to have a vote by February. Mm-hmm. Introduce it into the Parliament, and I was uh, saw an article from the Catholic Leader So um, in it, Augustinian Father Robert Greenup. Aboriginal deacon Ralph Madigan both say that euthanasia is against Aboriginal culture.
2: Okay, well, that being the case, Aborigines don't have to take take advantage of it.
1: You would think so. They go on. Many Indigenous Queenslanders hold grave concerns about voluntary sister dying, finding it frightening and at odds with their culture, according
0: to church leaders. Who um, would have thought Christianity was part of Aboriginal culture? Thank you. You've beaten me to it. Like, Sorry, Trevor. What
4: are these people...
0: Yeah. But talk about cherry-picking. Mm. Just if you, with your Christian
1: faith, have totally infiltrated an Indigenous culture with something that is obviously nothing to do with Indigenous culture, totally and now alien. you're saying, oh, you can't have voluntary assisted dying laws because it'll, it'll interfere with their Indigenous culture. Praise, mad, the, yeah. praise the Lord. And, and from what a remember
3: us. of um, On the Passing of Aborigines, mm. that 1930s book... Mm. Uh, I, I think they were quite
0: the Daisy Bates one.
3: The Daisy Bates one, mm. yeah. Um, not that they actually had euthanasia; they just cast the the old person out and left them in the wilderness to die on their own. Mm.
0: All sorts of things, but just <laughs> but that's just, not the, euthanasia. The, they didn't actually help them die; they oh, just let them die.
1: Exactly. <laughs> just, the, just the double standards in this. We can't have voluntary assisted dying because it's in conflict with traditional Aboriginal culture, says a bunch of Christian priests who are converting Indigenous people to Christianity.
0: For goodness sake. They just don't see the contradictions, do they, Yeah, in what they're saying? It's really –
2: I do not understand the objection to voluntary assisted dying. It's all in the words. It's Mm. voluntary assisted dying. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't voluntarily enter into it. If you have a moral objection to it, you don't enter into it. Mm. You know, it's no, like... No, I, but
3: my God says you can't die. Mm.
2: Well, your God can go and get fucked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, there's a football match on tonight. There is. Yeah, State of Origin. State of Origin. Yeah, I didn't even... I normally watch it.
0: I was I going e- to watch it, even except know- I came here instead. <laughs> I didn't
1: even know it was on until this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So um I'd forgotten about it too. Did you hear the um the brouhaha about the national anthem? Yes. So the NRL thought this whole they weren't going to play it at all because it was sticky. too much trouble for them. Yeah, let's not play the anthem. Mm. And they thought that would get them out of trouble. Mm. But then everybody went, "No, you can't do that. You've got to play the national anthem." So they backed down and they said we'll play it. And Scamo on his Facebook page said a good and welcome decision by the NRL. Paul,
0: thoughts on the national anthem at football games? Is it relevant at all to anybody? Mm. I mean, if I was going to a football match, I wouldn't be going there to hear the national anthem. I'd be going there to watch a football match. Mm. It's just an
1: importation of an American practice.
0: Seems, it seems to be, but do, mm. does anyone know, do they do this in France or the I, UK? I, I, or? I, I don't
3: remember soccer matches having anything like that. I, internationals mm. possibly, but mm. not national games.
0: Yeah, internationals, you'd sort of understand it because it's symbolic of the nation being represented. But
2: Well, I mm. tend to agree with you. I think that um, I honestly believe that you should probably not bother having a national anthem at a domestic game like this. Wouldn't you
1: Peter Fitzsimons says that uh, for most of Australia's history, the national anthem was only played at sporting events when it was a genuine international between an Australian team and a team of another nation. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: That would make sense. And this is really an importation from America, an American practice. Basically, during the um, the war years at baseball games, they started playing the
3: Star Mangled uh, Spanner.
1: uh, Yes. (laughs) During baseball games, and it was so popular with people that they kept the practice up, and um, and essentially it then just fell into common practice from baseball games. And we've started adopting American practices. Do you think for,
0: it's a, a, mm. just an attempt to add a little bit more pomp and pageantry to the mm. event, perhaps? Yeah, because they're selling mm. tickets to these things, and mm. you know they they want to project an image that it's a a really big event, you Mm. know. Yes. Not just a football match, Mm. perhaps. Mm. Indeed.
1: And just finally, uh, let's just talk about COVID-19 and the government response and uh, state government's response. How do you rate your state government's response to the COVID-19 outbreak? And looking at the figures, which are on the screen for anyone uh, watching it on the video... Uh, Victoria, understandably, was trailing a long way behind the other states. So, back on the fifth uh, of October, um, how do you rate your government's response in terms of good? Victoria was forty-five percent, whereas the other you know, New South Wales was sixty-five, Queensland sixty-nine, South Australia eighty-one, Western Australia eighty-three. And now, on the second of November, Victoria has jumped uh, a full 10 percentage points up to 55% and the others more or less remaining steady. So, Victoria was 47, 50, 47, 45 and now has jumped up to 55. So, mm, it looks like people are happy at the end of the day in
0: Victoria with
1: how it's panned out. Mm.
0: Now you can start talking uh, about stupid people, Scott. (laughs) He's not Mm -hmm. stupid, Paul. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't say he. I said the people of Victoria. Well, they've made a decision and they're happy with the result. So,
1: um, Federal ICAC as well was just part of this essential report and uh, so an ICAC looks into corruption in our politicians and public servants and total support for ICAC is 81%. Those opposed six percent. It's clearly a popular move.
2: Absolutely it is. And I don't understand why the hell how the hell they can say that, well, I want all our public servants totally focused on the pandemic. You know, the pandemic has been run by the state governments. It's got nothing to do with the feds. Is that what he's
1: saying? Can't do an ICAC because we're too busy looking at the right. Okay. Yep. Mm. Okay, and Interesting, they broke up that percentage according to voter intention, and I thought to myself, I just thought, call me crazy, but I thought that the Conservative voters would be the ones least likely to support ICAC. And dear listener, it turns out they're the ones most likely. So, Coalition voters, 88% in favour of ICAC, so... That's interesting.
0: And it Green's is. only 77. Yeah. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, the great moralizers. Yeah. And, and often when you hear them talking, they mm. they seem to support it, don't they? But mm. Green's voters, not so much. Mm. Well, not as much.
3: Mm. Uh, maybe they're more idealistic, whereas the LNP supporters think they're going to discover Labor and Green's hypocrisy. Maybe. Mm. mm.
1: Paul, you were given some homework to find ALP policies mm-hmm. about uh, how woke they are, yep. and uh, and I started doing my homework. Mm, yeah. So I went
0: to the ALP's uh, website, mm. and guess what? Mm. The last policy update was 2018. Mm. They haven't managed to update it since then, mm. since the last election. Yeah, and uh, so I thought, well, yeah, that's a bit crook. I I sent you a couple of things, didn't I? You did. Yeah. Yeah. So but I couldn't find anything beyond that or yeah. at least I haven't so. so far.
1: in their policy statement, which looked like it was like 360 page long policy statement. Oh, I didn't count the two, pages. yeah so, <laughs> and obviously they had indigenous matters, which we've agreed. It was a sort of a wokeness factor that I'll agree with you in terms of the okay. labor, labor Party. and then really, what you found then was where they had supported a petition about which was just against racism. Mm. and a petition that was in favor of the SBS. Mm. And that was about it. That was about it. So not far. much really. Yeah. So. You're right. Um, so yeah. So but other-
0: listen to them talk. This is what I encourage you yeah. to do. Listen to them when they're being interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. And they they drop these little references, you know, yeah. to to make sure that you know that the woke are right. sort of dog, with, with them rather than with dog the whistling other the wokeness. Is that what Maybe. they're doing? Maybe. Is it sort of in a subtle way? <laughs> Maybe. We're not right we'll, we'll work on that. Yeah. As I said, I, I was disappointed that they yeah. haven't updated their their page for two years. You know? yeah. Well, isn't it normally the case, though? I don't that,
1: know. That basically... Prior to a federal artists, election? Yeah, until... Until just weeks before federal election, things get announced oh, I see, again. Yeah. yeah, so or maybe they just haven't changed their mind on any of them. So they said, "Well, that's our policy." And or maybe they don't know
0: a, where they're going and what they're going to do in the future. But They didn't take it down, so it's still there. They said, "These are our policies." Well, they have to have something there when people
1: so, go looking, don't they? Yeah, well, three hundred sixty odd pages of policy. <laughs> And they're basically saying, these were our policies two years ago and they're our policies now. And you're yeah, but, dissing them. They're saying that's terrible. But they're a
0: major party but, and they have a lot of paid staffers. But what
1: if they haven't changed their mind on their policies from two yeah. years ago? Clearly. Wouldn't that be, okay, we'll just leave it there then. Wouldn't
0: that well, be, then they should just change the date. Oh, okay. You know, oh, couldn't they? Okay. That'd be easy.
1: Just, okay, I should do that. Um, you also said has a-
2: got a question. She asks, how is opposing racism woke? Right.
0: Uh, it's yes. it's the way they oppose it because, I mean, as I've heard a lot of people uh, say recently, even quite conservative commentators, they say, who's racist? I mean, being racist is totally uh, socially unacceptable in, for just about everybody in a country like, you know, Australia, the United Kingdom, the United States. How many racists do you know, you know? Right. It goes without saying that most people are against racism. But to actually have a policy, an anti-racism policy, that's the part that appeals to the woke, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all assume that racism is a bad thing, mm-hmm. that, it, that it goes without saying that racism is a bad thing. But to have an actual, you know, uh, active policy working against racism, it, it does sound a little bit...
1: Here's the petition... S- Self-conscious.
0: Race-based violence is on the
1: rise. We've seen terrifying attacks on people of Asian appearance and on Australian Muslims, a 30% rise in direct anti-Semitic attacks in Australia and the tragic Christchurch massacre in New Zealand last year. Meanwhile, the Morrison government has been missing in action. The coalition's record on racism has been shocking. The Abbott government proposed changes to Race Discrimination Act to weaken protections against hate speech. And then Senator George Brandis said, everyone has the right to be a bigot. Racism takes a real and lasting toll on individual lives and communities, so what can we do? Together we can take a stand against racism. That's why Labor is calling for a new national anti-racism campaign promoting a zero-tolerance approach to racism. Will you stand with Labor against racism by signing our petition? And 3,345 people signed the petition.
0: And that's the woke part. You know, we don't need a campaign against racism. Right, right. Virtually, you know, the vast majority of the population are already against racism, aren't they? How many racists do you know?
1: I don't, I don't know any that I know of because nobody openly is racist in my exactly. company. Exactly, and like, so it is but, socially but, 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 unacceptable. But I don't pretend to know everybody in Australia.
0: <laughs> but I think that's a pretty low-key... Do you think? Can you take that back sorry. again? Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yes. Put that back up. Yep. Um, okay. These these figures about attacks on people of Asian appearance—you mm-hmm. may may or may not have noticed—the mm-hmm. ABC—they really play up to this, mm-hmm. you know. And to to sort of back their claims that all these Asians in Australia, all people of Asian appearance, are being attacked. Mm-hmm. If you read some of the anecdotes, you know, the people they interview, mm-hmm. it was like, well, I was standing at the bus stop mm-hmm. and I heard someone say COVID-19, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, things like that. People mm-hmm. just sort of quite sort of um, unaggressive anecdotal comments like that, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, there's no sort of you know, massacre of Muslims in a mosque in Australia. It's nothing like that. It's just this sort of casual, observed, perceived racism. And, and my feeling is that the ABC and SBS and, and, and the Greens and you know, the people who are into this sort of thing are whipping it up by making people of Asian appearance or Muslims or whatever uh, feel that they have to be on guard all the time. And so you, know, if, you if you're looking for racism, you'll find racism you know what i'm saying don't you they're being they're being keyed up to find racism everywhere and so they will find it you know i was standing at the bus stop and i heard this guy say something about covid-19 i i knew he was talking about me because i look like an asian you know this sort mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. and uh, you know, this but, this is what it is. It's, right. it's dog whistling but,
1: for racism. But you wouldn't suggest there's no racism in Australia.
0: Oh, of course not. Okay,
1: so, there's racism everywhere. Of course. So, given that there's bound to be some racism, yeah. and we don't like racism, yeah. Then calling a campaign for zero tolerance.
0: Yes, but what does that mean
1: of itself? How
0: do you how do you not tolerate something that is inside people's heads?
1: Well, calling for a campaign against racism. When we know there must be some out there, just because there's not a lot, yeah. doesn't mean it's not worth. Like to what? me, that's not a super woke thing. What? I don't see the super wokeness in this. <laughs> okay, is is what I'm saying. Okay. Like, if you give me examples where uh, an incident is overblown, mm. that was a simple incident, and it's beaten up into a racist incident mm-hmm. i'll agree with you and say mm-hmm. that that's a matter of wokeness okay. if you like but a simple call for uh because well how do you it, it get rid necessarily- of racism.
0: okay how do you get rid of racism well you never get rid people of people change their minds yeah. now mm-hmm. when you were growing up and going through school all mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. how many lessons did you get against racism at school i got mm-hmm. none mm-hmm. I don't remember any teacher in my whole school career saying, Paul, don't be a racist, mm-hmm. racism is bad. Never heard it. And yet I grew up not being racist. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's something that just yeah. is one of these incremental, gradual changes yeah, yeah, but just because in, you the, didn't- in the attitudes of people in a community. Yeah, but just because you didn't grow up to be racist doesn't mean
5: well, that not Yeah,
0: but... Not did Joe, not did yeah. Scott, yeah. and none of us were taught not to be racist yeah, but we've just we 've just
1: agreed that undoubtedly every community has some racism
0: yes so, and that 's probably always going to be the case yeah. I dare say mm. i mean it 's just an attitudinal mm. thing you know mm. Mm. and you can 't stamp out people 's attitudes by mm. You know, berating them and hectoring mm. them. Mm. And this is the attitude I really object to on the mm. part of the social justice warriors. Mm. They seem so, to think so, so, yeah. that telling people, don't be a racist, mm. is going to fix the problem. Mm. And it's
3: delusional. No, no, you have to punch yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe that's so, too. So, anyway,
0: my point is
1: I don't see it, I don't see that as super woke, but um, a simple call like that. But I agree with you, there have been instances where. Ordinary events have been beaten up into racist events, but I want you to show me where the Labor Party is involved in that super-wokeness. Well, they
0: they, they said, what has Morrison done? He has a terrible record on racism. How do you measure that? Uh, How do they measure what Morrison has or hasn't done on racism? um, What did they say? Um, The Abbott government... The Coalition's um, record on racism has been
3: shocking. How? By by allowing um, a greater interpretation of Free speech. Oh. So, so, refusing to ban hate speech, I think, is their their argument.
0: Uh, well, that's a pretty woke mm. argument, if yeah. that is the argument.
1: Mm. Anyway, there's nothing specific enough in that for us to get our teeth into. I and
0: don't and think. can I just say about George Brandis? Mm-hmm. He said everyone has the right to be a bigot. He mm. didn't say everybody should be a bigot, mm. or being a bigot is good. He said, this is a liberal democracy, it's a pluralist society, people are entitled to have their own point of view. Yeah. And he was absolutely right. And for people to pile on him for that, I thought was just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, a bigot, a person who is obstinately and or unreasonably attached to a belief, opinion or faction, especially one who is prejudiced against or antagonistic towards a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular group. Yeah depends on your hard or soft reading of that I guess
0: well look uh, there will be yeah. bigots in any yeah.
1: society So, but you know prejudiced against uh, people on the basis of their membership of a particular group one reading of bigot is a racist
0: well there are many kinds yeah. of bigotry yeah. I know yeah but but Brandis was correct mm. he was just saying this is a pluralist society mm. people are entitled to have a point of view mm. of their own regardless of whether you like it or, or don't like it. And that's mm. all he was saying. He that's was true. not saying people should be bigots, mm. bigots are good or anything positive about bigotry. Mm. And, you know, they really, you know, piled mm. on him for that, didn't mm. they? Mm. And unfairly, I think. And I'm not a fan of Brandis, for the mm. sake. Mm.
1: Yeah,
3: point taken. Righto. Um, do, do we want spoilers on here? Spoilers, origin yeah. outcomes. What?
0: Oh yeah, somebody gave us the, uh, the the score.
3: The score of state of origin.
1: Ah, oh, uh, no, we won't, because some people might be recording it or something. Okay. So yeah, we won't, we won't get that. <laughs> so. Um, All
3: right. Um, Fox News are saying yes. Uh, the House uh, Democrats are looking like they're going to win it, one eighty eight to one eighty one. Okay. And the Senate is forty seven forty seven. Oh. Need um, fifty one to control. Close.
1: Okay. So is but that for, I think is that if the down? Senate was tied, yep. and you have the majority in the House of Reps, then you get to make the casting decision. I'm not think, sure. Right? I think that's how it worked.
2: Are you talking about who's going to become the president? No, no, no. no, no in terms
1: just... of control of a Senate vote, okay. if the Senate is tied,
2: well, uh, if that's 47 to 47, then you got then you got the Democrat deputy president goes in, and she has the casting vote, right?
1: Okay, so so they're calling it the election for Biden. Is that what you're saying?
2: No. Uh,
1: no. So no. so f- that's the Congress. oh the House of Reps. Yeah. Ah, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Congress. But Sorry,
3: but, yeah. but um, Fox okay. are actually showing the same numbers as ABC. So two thirty eight to Biden. Right. Currently.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, oh, just one
1: other thing. There's been a bit of news where. Um, China has dramatically raised the stakes in its economic campaign against Australia with multiple Chinese importers receiving verbal directives to stop shipments of Australian wine this week,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: dealing a blow to a market worth more than a billion dollars last year. At least four wine importers have been advised by their local distributors, "Ah, don't bother. And... um,
0: and the lobsters are going uh, yeah. uh, dying on the on mm. the dock, aren't they?
1: Several distributors have told the ABC that wine was not the only target. With shipments of Australian lobster, sugar, coal, timber, wool, barley, and copper all ought to be unofficially suspended from November sixth.
3: What, what about um, <coughs> baby milk, baby formula?
1: Don't know about that. Um, so basically, China is uh, saying to Australia, "You guys have been nasty to us." and we're going to punish you economically. Is that a fair enough
0: summary of what's happening, Paul? I think so, yeah. Mm. I mean, they, that's that's what they're saying. They're mm. saying you haven't done what we wanted you to do mm. and we're going to punish you. Yeah, and, well, or you've been saying nasty things about
1: us. So, uh, what Scott, nasty things have they been well, saying? Well, Scott about Morrison basically said that um, we need weapons... Inspector like powers to enter into China I and used make to sure you're. About
0: that. Well, that's... that's ancient history now, isn't it? No, Paul. I don't that's... think that's what he's, they're that's... upset about. I no, think I they're th- upset about the, th- a whole bunch of things that have happened since then. I think that would be
1: the main one. And I think also when Australia said, well, why should we bother with. Um, don't criticise us for exporting coal, criticise China for buying it. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that where China yeah. has said, you guys are really giving us a hard time. We're going to stop buying
0: stuff. Anything critical yeah. they will be offended by. Yeah. So I think, you know, the, the – um, what was the other thing? Uh, the uh, weapons inspector-like that, yeah, entry. I, I, think, I think there's been a whole raft of things since then. Like That, that, that they're angry about. Um uh, you know, indicating that uh, you know their mil- the military ally- alliance with the United States remains strong, and you know, indicating that if push came to shove, probably they'd side with the Americans. Obviously, but that's then, always been the case. Yeah, yeah, and, There's nothing and, new and, there. But it we, has not made re-fermed. any. We haven't
1: made any new. Um, well, no, we have because
0: Australia has been sending ships into the South China Sea. Not a lot, but they have been more sending than they ships
1: have been, more than they have in. In well, the previous the, well, the Chinese have bas-
0: basically been saying stop sending ships into the South China Sea because that's our territory. So you think that's
1: it? That's oh, the I think that.
0: it's part of it. Yeah. Right. I, I think there's probably a whole bunch of other things that they're right. cranky about. Right. But any time we mm. do anything they don't like, they mm. hold it against us mm. and they'll do whatever they can to punish us for mm. it. They're mm. vindictive, very yeah. vindictive. Yes, like every other country. No, I'm not sure every country is so vindictive. Well,
1: name one that isn't vindictive. Iceland, maybe. Finland? Finland, probably.
0: <laughs> anyway. You haven't got the audio ready, have you? It
1: just... Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> but right. it just It just amazes me that when it comes to the lockdown, yeah. a lot of people on one side of politics will say, uh, what about the economy? Why are we... You know, on the one hand, we're saving lives all right but we're actually causing enormous problems to our economy and enormous problems to lives in Australia. And, you know, the judgment is that we shouldn't be um, doing this lockdown because of the damage to the economy. The economy is all important because of money and consequential life
0: happiness. It's not just about money. Exactly. Let's be fair.
1: Exactly. So... I just don't get it with these people who who with China don't go, hmm. Saying all this stuff about China, that's really gonna cruel our economy. But uh it's all worth it anyway. Like they, they they're happy to they're happy for our economy to be trashed with these statements that don't achieve anything like the weapons inspector... How do you know
0: they don't achieve anything? Uh, Uh, Let's leave the weapons inspectors (laughs) aside, because that was just (laughs) one comment.
1: The weapons inspector and the coal-buying comments are are part of the whole sabang. I reckon, in my opinion, that's part of... Because it it wasn't long after those that China announced their first um, uh, retaliation in terms of trade. Like, I think you'll find it's pretty apparent on the timeline that the trade sanctions happened not long after the weapons inspector claims were made. So I don't know why you're dismissing them so readily. I'm, I'm prepared to say China is doing it in retaliation for it. I don't know why you're not
0: prepared oh, well, to say that because uh, I'm not, not no, painting no, them no, in no. as good guys. I, no, no, no. I grant you that they yeah. would have been very cranky about yeah. the weapons inspector comment. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think it's just one tiny detail in a whole raft of things that yep. have happened since then that they mm. would seriously dislike
1: Anyway, my point is that making those comments achieves nothing because there's no way the Chinese were ever going to allow uh, inspectors in with weapons inspector-like powers and uh, saying, to the, saying to the world well, don't blame us for our coal exports blame China because they're the ones buying it again, that that's not helpful when you're trying to sell coal <laughs> mm. And the people who are happy for those comments to be made, don't, at this, and which have crueled our economy and are going to cause us enormous problems, mm. um, the same people are like, oh, well, you know, the economy is all important when it comes to shutdown. I just don't get it with people who are prepared to um, wear anything when it comes to China in terms of what will happen to our economy. Don't really um, uh, just brush off the damage to our economy but um, when it comes to COVID, they're not prepared to brush off. I, I, just, I see it as an inconsistency.
0: Really?
1: Mm. You don't see any
0: inconsistency? I don't, yeah. because it's a completely mm. separate issue. The, mm. the, sh- the lockdown for the COVID mm. was one strategy mm. among probably mm. a number of possible mm. strategies, yeah. and people are upset mm. because the government chose lockdown, which mm. caused enormous harm, collateral harm, mm. Um, but on the China issue, I think people see China as a kind of looming threat and they want our government to make it clear uh, what we stand for, our values. See, I, I see this as
1: a sort of virtue signalling from from Morrison on yeah. these things. Yeah, because virtue signalling in that he was moralising but without putting his skin in the game, really, without without... Without actually achieving a change, so just making statements that we're ever gonna weren't ever going to achieve anything. So I think uh, I think he was doing some virtue signaling that's just going to cost us virtue. What of kind thing. of virtue? Well, um, uh, well you don't want me to talk about the weapons inspector power. Um, the, how two, is, the two, two issues. Is vir- I don't see how that's he, he virtue was saying signaling. we are. Uh, all about health and we want the world to be a healthy place and we want weapons inspectors in China. Now, that was something which is virtue signalling about our desire for a healthy world, but in reality was never going to achieve the thing that he was asking for. So it was a statement where you ask or suggest something that you never expect is going to happen. That's virtue I, signalling. I probably- and the same with the coal... Um, don't, I don't think blame he expected... us for selling coal these are the guys buying it You That's... don't think he expected
0: so... the you know the the community of no. of, of nations he... around the world no. to back his call for a um... weapons inspector powers no Well, I don't I think this right. you're you fixated yeah. on this idea of weapons, Inspector. That because was a poor choice of words. It's important cho- That's the it words was, he used. Yeah, I know. But it was one comment, and it was a poor choice of words. He was a little yeah, bit yeah, loose but, with his choice of well, words. When you do diplomacy, he, it's important. Yeah, but what he really meant was he wanted uh, an authorised body of medical experts to be mm. able to go into any country including China, of mm, course, mm, without, and, no, and find out where the as of right, the virus is coming from and how to stop it. As of right, yeah, without that country's permission, like a weapons inspector. Well, he yeah. was never going to get that. Exactly. I That's
1: mean, the point. But how is it, it virtue signaling? Well... It, it, because I've
0: just explained I, that. I think, he, he, I think it was, he really expected that the no. community of countries would get behind him no, and say, did. yeah, we need something it like It was this. 24
1: hours after he'd had a meeting with the Americans who said, we're not happy with China. Go and put some heat on them. <sighs> yeah,
0: I don't, I don't, just don't buy it that he's mm. just an American lapdog.
1: Yeah, well, that's the view that, that the Chinese would have. They may well
0: and they are punishing and justifiably us mm. justifiably
1: have that view you don't yes. think we have
0: our own national interests no, that our government just, needs to stand up for
1: this government are, are, are acting like lapdogs to the americans oh, i don't agree uh, well i think <laughs> we'll no. put it we'll put it I on, mean, the,
0: agenda. We'll put it on know, the agenda we've we've as done you it know, for... i'm not a fan of this current government yes but at least they're standing up to china and saying uh, sorry guys but uh, we're not here to be pushed around by you. Mm-hmm. I think that's all well and good.
1: Mm. All right, we'll agree, or disagree on that one. We'll have to. Sure.
0: <laughs>
1: Anybody else got anything else? We'll we'll finish up.
2: Okay. I
0: don't know you where don't.
2: Paul, I don't know where Paul's coming from. Actually, it's um, very. You haven't for a while
0: now, Scott. No, I suspect
2: you're going off the rails. Actually, Paul. Sorry, Scott, <laughs> off the rails.
0: You're the one who left the LNP. Yeah, I
2: know I left the LNP, but that's fine.
0: <laughs> All right. Well... And went to the Labor Party. Is that, is that not off the rails a little bit? No,
1: he's seen the light. <laughs> it's come to Jesus. <laughs> that's it. Hey, um, you know, I was going to say, next week we'll, uh, we'll be talking about the result of the election, but I suspect...
2: Um, Mm. We won't have a a result. (laughs) It's going to go before the courts. So, you know, the courts are going to depend. It it depends on how long the courts take to actually make it up. Mm. But they'll
0: be trying to do it as quickly Mm. as possible, obviously, because everybody's Mm. waiting for a result. Mm. And the longer it drags on, the worse it gets for, Mm. you know, the
3: country, for the Mm. United States. Mm. And the Queensland election, we now have three declared seats. Right,
1: officially. But. Clearly, that's just the Electoral Commission being slack.
3: Yep. Yeah,
2: Aaron Claxton said, did you hear what Anthony Albanese said about the US election? Something along along the lines, if Trump fiddles with the election, we should pull out of ANZUS.
1: If Trump fiddles with the election, we should pull out of ANZUS. Yeah. That's not a reason to
0: pull out of ANZUS. Al- Albanese has lost the plot, that's, I think. that's. I mean, it's not his of place. ANZUS. It's not his place. He's the leader of the opposition. It's not his place to be... Saying what Australia should should or shouldn't do after the US
1: election. No, so mm. I think well, it is. Well, well, it's sort of un- he, he can talk about what Australia can or cannot do, but it seems to be unrelated to whether we should be in ANZUS or, or not. Well, uh,
3: I think it's a we shouldn't be associated with an undemocratic state.
1: Right. Uh, I- because ANZUS is on the is, foundation, is. Democracy. America is a democracy. That's why we're in it. We're well, in it thought, because, because America's powerful. That's yeah. why we're in it. It's still powerful their, whether they're democracy they're or not. China's That's powerful. Yeah. We're in a relationship yeah. with them. Well, Maybe because we they're authoritarian, we and we're not, Democrats. not like those non-authoritarian Americans. But that's another well,
0: they're topic. Not. Yeah. They're
6: not. No,
1: that is complete just, bullshit. Because no, they don't go around the world invading
0: countries and, well, and overthrowing governments. They do sometimes, but, but they, they do it but all, but all the time. Paul. is still a liberal but democracy. They do it all the time. That's the problem. They don't do it all the time. Come on.
1: Well, what did uh, what did Jimmy Carter say about how often they do it? Do you remember that? you remember that quote, Jimmy no. Carter? No. Uh, Let me just see if I can find it. Um, President Jimmy Carter recently noted that in its 242-year history, America has enjoyed only 16 years of peace, making it, as he wrote, quote, "...the most warlike nation in the history of the world. Since 2001, the US has spent over $6 trillion on military operations and war, money that might have been invested in the infrastructure of homes." China, meanwhile, built its nation, pouring more cement every three years than America did in the entire 20th century. So Jimmy Carter is talking about America only had 16 years of peace in its entire history. Hmm. So it's all the time, Paul. They are an authoritarian state. It's they go around
0: authoritarian poor, state. They are if you are a poor They
1: are if you are a poor foreign
0: country and they come you, in and tell you what you, to do. You're changing the meaning of authoritarian state, Trevor. They are a liberal democracy. No, no, That's no, why we've all been no, following the freaking no, no, election no, today. but
1: you can't claim to be a democracy if you go around overthrowing democracies.
0: That's a separate issue. Well, well, what they do outside the United States is a separate issue. It doesn't make them an authoritarian state. I you're disagree. redefining no, the,
1: the, no. the word. You, you can't say that, that you characterise a country simply by its internal domestic oh. operations. You characterise a country by what it does in its, to- in its totality. I don't think so. You
0: can't. It's a
1: liberal democracy. You can't can't, pick and choose whether or not it's a
0: liberal democracy by what they
1: do outside their borders. You look at all of its actions, inside and outside.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think that's how we define an authoritarian state. Well, It's a state. If, China, if China went America, and
1: invaded another country, yeah. you'd say, look at that authoritarian action. No, I wouldn't. They went and invaded that country.
0: No, they but, are an authoritarian but, 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 state, but, 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 whether or not they invade but, another oh, you country. Would, you
1: wouldn't say it then? If they invaded another state, you wouldn't say that's an, effect, an act of authoritarianism?
0: No, it's an act of aggression. Okay. It's got nothing to do with the com- right. composition of the state. China right. is an authoritarian state. Mm-hmm. They could be the most peaceful authoritarian state on the planet, but it's mm-hmm. still an authoritarian state.
1: Well, if you're imposing... And they're not peaceful. I'm not if, suggesting if, they if, are so if you, peaceful. If you invade other countries, overthrow their democratically elected governments and impose dictatorships, I say that makes you authoritarian.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, well, you're, you're bending so, meanings again. And
1: I, and I say that makes you undemocratic. It's an aggression. Saying,
0: saying that it doesn't I, make you undemocratic because we've been watching say, the democratic election all day today. They are yeah, a democratic, liberal if, democracy, if you, if which is over,
3: not an authoritarian. If you're state. Overthrowing
1: democracies, you are not. <sighs> you are not
0: in favour of democracy. Yeah,
3: democracy at home, not overseas. Mm. Yeah, <sighs> yeah.
0: What they do overseas mm. is a completely separate issue. Right. Seriously, you're, you're starting to, you know. Change the meaning of words now, Trevor. It's a worry. Well, uh, You like the social justice warriors, you know, words are bullets and stuff like that. Well, I
1: have to go over the tape and see what, what where we started with <laughs> in that debate. But um, I can't remember where we started. That's but, all right
0: for another day, perhaps.
1: All right. All right. We'll be back next week.
2: Thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs> Bye now. See you, everyone. Good night all. See you all.
5: Oh, hello there. I'm left-wing. You can probably tell from the cultural Marxism coming out of my face. But let's not waste too much time pointing out that these pantomime villains are bad. The more interesting question is who is to blame for making neo-Nazis look like the new rock and roll punk? And the answer is, unfortunately, partly us. Don't get me wrong, I love left-wing values and hope that one day they'll win out across the globe. It's just that, on that day, I don't want any actual left-wing people to be alive to see it happen. Why? Because we're fucking useless. I mean, first of all, Brexit. What the fuck happened there? Well, uh, the left employed a cunning two-prong strategy by one, calling every Leave voter racist, and two, uh, failing to put forward a positive case uh, for Remain. Right. Weird how not engaging 17 million Brits and slacking them off instead didn't win them over. But at least yelling racist online made us feel good about ourselves and had no bad, long-lasting side effects.
0: The UK has voted to leave the European Union.
5: Ah, shit. Well, don't worry. After Brexit, we learnt our lesson. And then the US election came along and we thought, nah, let's just do that again.
0: You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables.
5: Not surprisingly, the left's campaign of vote for us, you pieces of shit, ...didn't pan out so well.
0: Ah, I don't know what I
5: said, ah! But don't worry, it's not just the big battles. The left are totally useless on a small scale as well. This is largely thanks to the foul brick of nightmares we all have sewn into our hands, which means we're also bleeding woke all the time, that we find something new to be offended by every few seconds. To find out more about why this new outraged left is losing ground, I sat down with moral philosopher and future doxing victim, Dr. Tim Dean. It's the case these days that a lot of people
6: on the left see any kind of criticism of their methods uh, as a criticism of their goals. And that makes the kind of discourse and the dialogue that we're having um, really uh, aggressive and quite corrosive as well. So why didn't calling Trump
5: supporters racist and sexist help the Democrats win the election?
6: I think that if you call a bunch of people sexist or racist, but they don't believe that they are sexist or racist, um, all it's going to do is get them to rally around their own tribe and gather together and fight back. And that's exactly what we saw. I mean, how would you feel if I said you're entrenched in
5: white privilege? I was going to raise that, actually, because we are two, two white men. Traditionally, the left, we're in favor of things like you know world peace, equality for all, lots of lovely things. How is it the left is taking that sort of utopia and packaging it in a way that makes me want to
6: swallow my own face? The way some people on the left have been thinking has changed. They're looking for any kind of signal that underneath you're actually a write-off. And so one slip of language, one slip of behavior, and that shows that you're in the bad camp and you're just suddenly excluded. So the left lack nuance. They're too reactive to criticism and morally puritanical. Anything else? Well, why don't we talk about identity politics? Yeah, let's talk about that the goals are absolutely noble but one of the problems of identity politics is it breaks off these groups into these silos into these kind of knowledge silos and it stifles the possibility of engagement between those kinds of silos so
5: Tim I want the left to win you've got a beard you obviously want the left to win as well what can we do to stop losing the big battles and start generating some genuine systemic change
6: we've got to move beyond words we've got to get practical we can join a political party even better start a new political political party. Basically, just stop being some outraged, virtue-signalling prats. Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode
1: of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, First up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time, and you might be repeating something I've said. And when you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I heard this on this podcast, and it's worth listening to. And maybe pick an episode that you think is a good one and direct them to it. Like, grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Fist Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf, on their phone, and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon, and there are some different options for... Subscribing and paying per episode, and really the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from a dollar fifty Australian to I think ten dollars and various ones in between. It's really what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, is it worth more than that, less than that, whatever you get out of it? Because not everybody gets the same, maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It'll be different for everybody. So if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event, you can subscribe there. If you don't like the idea of a regular subscription, the website has a link to a PayPal donation. So you could just do a one-off donation every now and again. So there you go. Be good to uh, spread the word, get a few more listeners, and that way, look, if we ended up getting more listeners and more money, we could do maybe a second episode or more special episodes, provide some more content. So it's up to you. If you think it's worthwhile, let people know. Thanks.